listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Good morning, friends. And I say good morning because I'm here in my she shed early morning getting this recorded before the day gets hot. And if you don't know me, I'm Kate All, the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We're a Pinterest management company. And I started this company as a way to help business owners take back their time because they were spending so much time managing Pinterest. We would take that on for them so they could focus back on their business. But I know not everyone is ready to spend the money or has the money. So I have this podcast for you with lots of free information to help you DIY your Pinterest marketing. And so many of you have told me how much it's made an impact on your business. Those stories are inspiring and they help me to keep moving things along. So in this episode, we're talking about what to do on your site before you pin to Pinterest. More on that in just a second. But first, I'd love for you to do something for me. If you like this podcast, whether you've been listening for a long time, or maybe this is the first time you've discovered it and you've been binge listening. After you're done listening, I'd love for you to pick one of your favorite episodes and either text or email that episode to a friend who needs help with Pinterest. Maybe they have a business they're trying to grow and Pinterest can help them get there. And you can find all the podcasts at simplepinmedia.com or whatever podcast player you use, which is actually one of the best ways to never miss an episode, especially if you've subscribed. So just scroll through the episodes in your player and share that episode with a friend. It's just a few seconds and it will definitely help Simple Pin grow. I so, so appreciate it. And it's not very often that I really ask for this because I frankly forget about it. But I was listening to another podcast and they had said this and I was like, duh, like I need to ask you guys to share this with your friends. And sometimes when people say that to me, I realize, yeah, there is a really good episode that I think one of my friends would love. And so I do it. So I'd love for you to do that as well as share with somebody who needs to know about Pinterest so that it can really grow their business using the platform. Okay, so on to our episode today about what to do before you pin to Pinterest. So in our Facebook group, which is the Simple Pin Pinterest Strategy Group, lots of people ask questions. In fact, it's so active. There's 13,000 people in there and there's never a slow day. So if you want to join that group, it's simplepinmedia.com slash Facebook. But Sue asked this question that sparked this podcast. And it was, we realized there was not anything we had done that had covered it. So here's her question. She says, Hey, everyone, I need your help on this. I'm a new blogger. And there seems to be so much that needs to be done to a post before publishing. At least it seems like it to me. Does anyone have a comprehensive list of what to do that you'd like to share? And people followed up with this initial question with lots of blog checklists. And so here's what Sue followed up with. She said, after receiving great feedback, which is great, I'm reading through all these tips and it occurred to me, how about the things that should be done before pinning to Pinterest? So there you go. That's how this came about. So for all of you out there wondering what to do on your site before pinning, I'm going to give you four things 
to do. Yep, just four before you pin to Pinterest. But before I dive in, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So what I'm talking about in this episode does mostly apply to those who are bloggers or content creators. However, I do know that we have lots of new listeners who have shops or e-commerce sellers with Shopify, with Etsy, whatever selling platform you create and sell a product. And we have a lot of episodes coming up where we plan to go deep into this topic for how shop owners can optimize for Pinterest. And that's something we've been hearing from more of you about. However, I want you to know that even the tips for optimizing your site in this episode still apply to shop owners. You still want to do whatever you can do to optimize on the site side because that's where people are going to be pinning and sharing from. So while we're not directly talking about e-commerce sellers here, I definitely want you to know that some of these tips can definitely be taken away and gleaned and put into action. However, let's assume for this episode that you have also all of your profile completely cleaned up. You've optimized for keywords and your branding. So this isn't a episode that you jump into. If you're totally new, you don't even have a Pinterest page. What I would have you do is go back to um, a simple pin, how to clean up Pinterest boards. And that gives you some tips on branding. If you go to simplepinmedia.com and you just search how to clean up Pinterest boards, you'll see the post with a checklist and all that kind of stuff. I'd love for you to do that first. You can definitely take notes on this episode that will help make sense and you'll get lots of, you'll connect the dots basically. But however, we want to keep moving forward. Okay, so let's, let's make sure we're on the same page. One, this is definitely something that does apply to those who are content creators, but shop owners can definitely take some notes. And you already have an established Pinterest page and branding. Okay, those are really two good foundations I want to set before we go ahead. All right, so here's the checklist of the top four things you need to do before you pin to Pinterest. Number one, the alt text or the Pinterest description needs to be completed for all images. So I say all images because you just never know what your users will pin and you want to make sure everything's optimized in case somebody like my mom pins the smallest, tiniest picture from your site. And so even those horizontal images should have a description. And this should be one to two sentences that are written with keywords, kind of peppered throughout, pretty natural. And if you want more information about how to keyword on Pinterest, you can go to simplepinmedia.com slash 76. And I, for the alt text in the Pinterest description, I do use a plugin called Tasty Pins instead of the alt text. And the reason being was listed in a episode I recorded with Bjork of um, WP Tasty. And since then, it brought up that there is some free plugins out there that can do the same thing. But just note that when you purchase a plugin, you are not just paying for the plugin, you're paying for support and that ongoing update of that plugin. So I know for me, I need the support. I'm not tech savvy. So if you are, and that's your jam, go for it. Find a free plugin that will add a new meta description or Pinterest description four images so you can pull that out of the alt text. And again, that episode 83 with Bjork 
that will definitely give you all the information as to the why, like why we separate out the alt text and the Pinterest description. So I don't want to go too deep into that today. But I love Tasty Pins, especially because if some of you have virtual assistants and you want them just to fill in the Pinterest text with a Pinterest-friendly description, that can easily be done when you click on the image, You the box is there. It's very, very easy to do it. So make sure that all images have a description. And to expand on this just a little bit, so let's say, for example, my mom comes onto Pinterest and she finds one of your pins, she clicks through to your website, but she likes a different image when she hits the pin it button. Well, if Pinterest populates all of those images and she clicks on the one that still just has an image number, you're missing out on that audience sharing for on your behalf. So then it gets shared to Pinterest, but there's no keywords behind it, meaning nobody can find it because the way a Pinterest user uses Pinterest is they search in the search bar and then Pinterest, you know, sees what's out there amongst its platform with these particular keywords in the pin description. So that's why I say do it to all the images. And I know that that can take time, especially for some of you, maybe you're a food blogger and you have a lot of in-process shots. That is even more important because you never know what image in that process will resonate with users. So if this is not something that you do, maybe you have a virtual assistant or you have an admin, make sure that they complete that. I would say that's number one. If you don't do anything else, make sure you do that. Okay, number two following up on that is adding hashtags to that description. And we recorded an episode on hashtags that was so packed with information. But for these purposes, just on a high level, use hashtags that match some of the keywords in your sentences and one branded hashtag. I don't want to go too deep into that, to that because we literally just recorded an episode. So go to simplepinmedia.com slash 112. And that will give you all the information on hashtags. But basically, when you're going through and adding the pin description, make sure you add a couple hashtags behind it. Okay, number three, make sure there is an easy way for people to pin from your site or maybe your store listing, depending on what platform you use. There's a lot of share plugins out there to help add a Pinterest share button. Just make sure that it's really easy for them to see on mobile. And this tip isn't necessarily something that you would have you would do each time. There is an option for doing it each time and I'll talk about that in a second, but making sure that your share buttons they're easy to use. There's not a lot. I would say that's an, um, another thing too is people will do cleanups with us and I'll hop over to their website and they'll have like five or six share buttons. And it's like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Yumly, Reddit, Google Plus, StumbleUpon. And let's just state for the record, like you can ditch Google Plus, Reddit, StumbleUpon, unless you're getting a high amount of traffic from these sites. But as somebody who has evaluated traffic and seen tons of people's sites, I rarely, rarely see traffic that is substantial from these particular sites. And what this also does is it's decision fatigue, which means that it's maybe it's hard for people to see because there's so many other share buttons there. It's not super clear. You want them to be able to just basically share to Pinterest. And especially if a lot of your traffic is coming from Pinterest, you know your audience is over there. Just go ahead and even narrow it down to like three 
options, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, or even Facebook and just Pinterest. It's okay to just do two. Now, if you do want to manually add a Pinterest button, you can definitely go to where their widget builder is. And that's going to kind of lead us into number four. But you can manually create a pin it button that goes right underneath that top image. And when people pin it, you've already pre-populated the information in there. Again, back to tasty pins. That's why I like that because I choose the pin that I want people to pin when the pin it button is hit. Regardless, it's like if they're on their desktop and they hit the pin it button, it'll populate that. So I would just go ahead and buy the plugin, to be honest, and then it saves you a ton of time. And this means that number three isn't something you have to do every single time, but at least once to look and make sure, can people share for my site? Is it easy? And I know as a website owner, as a business owner, it is really hard to go back to these basic things and look at your site. So I would set a date in your calendar actually for every six months to reevaluate it. And also pay attention to maybe what your audience is telling you. And one of the things that I learned from my audience is that you couldn't find a way to sign up for my email list on mobile. It was really, really buried deep. And so what we did was we obviously updated the top to make it really easy for people to sign up for our Wednesday email. And that was, if you've ever read the book, like if you give a mouse a cookie, it kind of opened many more doors to realize, oh, this isn't easy or this isn't easy to figure out, or this button isn't working, or this isn't operating how I had envisioned. So that those checks every six months really allow you to look to see, is my site user-friendly? Is there a share button, a Pinterest share button that is super easy for them to use and it populates the right image? So number three is kind of, kind of a do once every six months. Okay, the last one, number four, would be to add a link or a widget to your post for them to follow you on Pinterest. Now, this will need to be done manually, which is why I put it in here. But I'm going to say what I love about this option, and it's one that people overlook quite often, and even myself, is that audience participation as we have looked at all the data, as we've looked at um, all this interaction um, with data on Pinterest and how people get increases in traffic, audience participation and your audience sharing your content for you or following you is so powerful because they are like your troops. They're sharing on your behalf. And that tells Pinterest, ooh, this, this is pretty important. People are liking this. We're going to show it to more people that maybe don't follow you. So there's a few ways that you can add a link or a widget. Number one, if it's about a particular topic, your post. So let's say we're talking about um, five-minute artisan bread. And maybe you have a board that is about bread recipes. At the bottom of that post, you can embed this board there and say, follow me for more bread recipes on my Pinterest board. And they'll see it there. They can click on it. They can hop over to Pinterest. Now, that is a pretty good way, pretty good call to action. So essentially, it's a call to action that we're adding here. Or you can make a generic, make sure you're following on me on Pinterest. I actually have done this by embedding it in my sidebar. So there is this handy widget builder on Pinterest. And if you just Google Pinterest widget builder, you'll see tons of options. You can do follow me buttons, pin it buttons, board widgets. 
I have in my sidebar, I have the Pinterest marketing tips board that constantly rotates through instead of just my simple pin board. Because I do want a little bit of variety over there because there are some things that I pin of other people's that I think are really good resources. So I just want to remind my audience, hey, I'm on Pinterest and you should go check out my board. Another tip that we haven't tested out too extensively, but I think this plays a lot with the Pinterest algorithm is the comment piece and how you can generate more comments. And this would be something you'd have to test out is you can in that widget builder, create a pin widget so you can see the pin it, it pop up on Pinterest like you would a board. It's just embedded at the bottom of your post and say, Hey, I would love for you to pin this for later, comment on it, tell me if you've tried it. And that's something we're seeing more and more of these days is that people on Pinterest are commenting back and sharing their pictures of things they have tried. Mostly because when you're on the app and you click on a recipe, and let's say you make it and then you close your app, you pop on Pinterest, your Pinterest app the next time, and this little pop-up at the bottom comes up and it says, hey, did you try this? And if you did, leave a comment or a review. Pinterest wants that engagement to hear about how their users are interacting with pins if they're trying recipes. And those tend to show higher in the search algorithm. So we would, if we can capture that share traffic, that comment traffic inside the post, that's a really, really great way to do it. So how that workflow would look like is you've created the post and you've published it live, you've done the, the first three things we talked about here, then you pin that to Pinterest, you would pin it to your breadboard, then you would grab that pin link, go to the widget builder, and you can create that pin widget where it's just the pin, and then you can put that in the post. I know from time to time with code, there can be some um, troubleshooting that needs to happen. I think it's gotten better over time. This is really easy code. I can do it. It's really you just grab the HTML and you put it in your post and that's it. So test that out to see if more people click on it or comment or share it for you. And this is really important, especially if you just published it, because we want to get as much action off that fresh pin as we can. So if you share it to your breadboard, come back and embed the pin in there, then share to your audience on Facebook or Instagram, or maybe you have a newsletter going out that day, share that link to the post, even share the pin link, try to get as much action on that as possible. And that will help support what you're already doing with your organic Pinterest strategy of, you know, scheduling pins through Tailwind, and making sure that you're keeping up on that. Again, that gets back to the audience participation. They are so powerful for you. So I would say this number four, it's going to take you a little bit more time. And if we looked at, you know, the things that we have here that you need to do, I would say this is not going to take you, I don't know, maybe an extra 20 minutes to complete these steps. And remembering to do it is tough. And so I would say, write down on your list. So Sue had gotten, I think it was Sue who asked. Let me make sure. Yep. Sue asked that question. She got a whole, she got tons of resources actually um, for blog checklists. Add these four things to your checklist. So let's go over them again. One, you want to make sure the alt text or preferably the Pinterest description is completely filled out for all 
images. And for that, I use Tasty Pins. I love it. And number two is to add some hashtags to that description. Again, you can learn all about hashtags on episode 112. And number three, make sure that your your site plugin, your site social share plugin is working and that people, it's easy, easy, easy to share from your site. And then number four is to add a link or a widget to have you follow them on Pinterest and then even going a little bit deeper by showcasing a board or a pin. So that's not super complicated. Again, it just takes about 20 minutes. I get it that it's just remembering to do it. So this episode is really quick to the point and I appreciate you listening today. And if you haven't done so already, you can definitely sign up for the Simple Pin weekly email by visiting simplepinmedia.com slash email. It's a Wednesday email sent out at 5 a.m. Eastern each week. It's definitely packed full of tips and resources and tons of helpful links to keep you updated on all things Pinterest. Sometimes we'll go through a series in that email, especially if we have a ton of information, which right now we're in the midst of sharing a bunch of information from some recent Pinterest webinars that were super duper helpful. So instead of kind of blasting you all at once, we're kind of trickling that out over each Wednesday. So we definitely want you to follow along to get lots of information there for the show notes. And I'll even put the link to Sue's question in the Facebook group, because I think visiting that to see what other people said about their blog checklist would be super helpful. So I'll put that in the show notes and any of the links to the podcast you need to listen to at simplepinmedia.com slash 115. That's episode 115. So you can go there and get all the information that you need. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Simple Pin Podcast. Mm-hmm.